Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Folks, you're listening to Two Men in the Mouse, episode 158 on the White Dragon Podcast Network, recorded live on March the 13th, 2018. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler, and I'm joined as always by my good buddy, Peter Mandel. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Pete. What's going on? Good morning. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, folks, we are two lifelong Disney fanatics who have managed to keep the magic of Disney alive in our lives every day, and we want to share that magic with you. So pull up a chair, gather the family, or pop in your favorite set of headphones, and let's experience the magic together. Pete! Good morning from the very snowy northeast. Good morning from the very sunny uh, southeast. We are actually having a bit of a chilly day today. It's about 50 degrees right now, so everybody's like really cold. We are in the middle of, I guess, the nor'easter, although I won't lie, it's Another actually not one? bad. Yeah, it's like a smaller one. I know it's hitting like New York and Long Island a little bit harder, but uh, you know, we were just having some snow here. You could have told me that like, you know, it's snowing really bad. I can't do the show this week. Oh, it's not. I would have been lying to you. It's not that bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's going to be a quiet day over there at Rogue Comics then because, you know, the second any Good thing any I have a lot of work fall. to do. Yeah. <laughs> Today's my delivery day. So. Oh, yeah. When do, when do, I mean, this is not Disney related, but when do those deliveries usually come in? Um, when do we stop doing the show? Um, usually around 1130. Hopefully right then. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know they came that early. All right, cool. So you have all the new comics a day, a day in advance. You can read everything before everybody else reads it. I mean, I could in theory, yes. Okay. Although there's a lot of work to be done with them. But. Right. All right, folks. Well, we're going to jump right into the news because we got a lot of news this week. And the news as always brought to you by our good friend, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, <clears throat> who will plan all of your Walt Disney World vacations in Universal Orlando at no additional cost to you. You can always find Dave over by sending him an email at DisneyDaveW at Verizon.net. Okay, so um, getting right into it here, we got some worldwide news. Now, this is a bit of old news, um, but it's nothing we ever talked about before, and I saw it the other day, and I got very excited by it, and then realized that it had been out for a while. Uh, They now have a black magic band. Huh. Solid black, and I got it. Solid black. Solid black. I love it. It's so cool. Oh, that's pretty. I always wondered why they didn't do that. It's very sleek and suave. I really, I really enjoy it. I wore it uh, the other day when I went to Flower and Garden. Nice. Yeah, Flower and Garden, by the way, is excellent this year. Really, really good. Um, and I ate at the San Angel Inn for the first time. Ever? Ever. Never eaten there before. What? I know, right? That's really weird. Yeah, you know, I got the guacamole and the chips and guacamole, um, my girlfriend and I. And the guacamole is the same guacamole they sell outside. Right. But uh, we got the I got the carne, uh, carne asada, and it was very good. You know, the first time I ever went there with Heather, just to tell you how long ago, uh, it was we we went there we sat down the place is beautiful you know it kind of looks like an outdoor market yeah. we sit we order our food heather orders um Kimmer, she ordered like enchiladas or what she got but it came covered in like cheese and a sauce <laughs> and she's like i'm not eating this and oh. she literally looked at me picked up my plate put her plate in <laughs> front of me and took uh, put my plate in front of her and ate mine, whatever I had ordered. Wow! And I was like, "Huh." I think it's funny because now if you stuck a plate of cheese in front of me, I would have been like, "Yeah, no, this isn't gonna happen." Well, like, but it was so early in our relationship, I'm like, "I'll make this work somehow." Yeah, like no, at that point you can't like you can't just be like no. <laughs> absolutely not like at that point you're still trying to impress her now you don't care right right but, i'm like okay i'll just eat that mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah flower garden the one thing i really like about flower and garden this year a lot of orange bird representation um you know i'm a huge orange bird fan as so. am i that loving 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 the orange bird um and he's on like all the shirt he's on a bunch of shirts he's on a bunch of like hats he's got um like a couple of plushes that they're selling there and there's an orange bird limited edition magic band Wow, that's cool. I know they've done that in the past, too, mm-hmm. an Orange Bird one. Well, wait till we get to Magic Kingdom, because I got some pseudo-Orange Bird news. Um, so, further in worldwide news, Disney is currently hiring improv actors for a new show coming this summer. Uh, the improv actors have to act as though they are passionate comic book fans. 
Huh. We could maybe recruit them out of Rogue Comics there in Seriously, Cranford. that's not hard. Yeah, seriously. Well, I wonder what's that about. I don't know. Interesting. You can get maybe some of your, like, Pete has an amazing cast of characters that walk into Rogue Comics on a weekly basis that, you know, have become a part of, like, our, our friendship. Like, that, you know, we were always discussing, like, you know, the different characters that walk into Rogue Comics. And uh, that would be an amazing show in the middle of Epcot, right? You know, it's funny. Uh, that that concept for a show is how we started this show. Yes, if you remember. Yeah, <laughs> we were going to do the Rogue Comics podcast. That's uh, right. The so the um, they're also planning a Guardians of the Galaxy dance party for the summer. So I'm wondering if that's going to like they're going to intertwine with those. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Who shows uh, up at that Guardians of the Galaxy dance party? Kids. Well, I mean characters. Oh, I'm I'm going to assume Star Lord. Did they have a Gamora last year? I want to say they did. Uh, they didn't have one this year. It's just Star-Lord and Baby Groot. Um, but anyway, the Skyliner Gondola is con- uh, construction is now underway at all of the resorts and Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Um, okay. The first tower is actually up over at Pop Century. I, Are you excited I, about this? I'm actually really excited. I'm getting there. Um, I walked, yeah, me too. I walked the, um, the, the walking path between Hollywood Studios and Epcot last week. And I noticed, I, like, I walked by the construction of where they're doing where they're doing this, and I think it's going to be pretty awesome and pretty convenient. I mean, I still love the walking path, and I love anything that the thing I love the most about the walking path is Pete. Nobody takes the walking path, right? It's usually like me and maybe like three other like people that I happen Agreed. to pass. People don't want to walk. You're right. But so anything that keeps people off that walking path, I'm all for. And it sounds like it's going to be much faster uh, than the. Um, the what do you call it? The the boat, because that boat, the friendship boats are notoriously slow. Yeah, even like you got to wait there. It stinks when you go and you get online and you know you're really on the second boat line. Yeah, well, it, not only are you on the second boat line, but then the boat itself like takes a long time to go around the lagoon. Well, it's, just to give you an example, we were at studios one time. I had both kids in like a double stroller. Heather decided she did not want to walk. She's like, I'm just going to get on this boat. So I'm like, all right. So she gets on the boat with her sister. I think maybe uh, her brother was with me uh-huh. and started walking. And as we start walking, they passed me by on the boat. They were literally standing on the back. I got this cool picture of them like waving to me from the back uh-huh. of the boat. I still got in the room. I'll say 10 minutes before them. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, like, and I wasn't, I mean, I was pushing with a double stroller. Like, I wasn't, like, blazing down the path. But I still got back to the beach club in my room easily 10 minutes ahead of them. Well, you know, I, I typically will, like, if there's a boat leaving the leaving Epcot at the same time that I'm leaving Epcot, I will typically arrive on foot faster at Hollywood Studios and that boat gets there. Right. Sometimes it's Sometimes it's to the wire. But, I mean, it's a really nice, very peaceful walk. You get to walk through the boardwalk. There's a really nice um, path right by the water that you walk. You go under an underpass and stuff like that. Um, it, very, very relaxing, very calm, very solitary walk. And I like riding the boat, too, but, you know. Hey, the boat's I, fun. I find, yeah. It's just if you're on a time crunch, like we were on a time crunch. We, my girlfriend and I, went to Epcot to like eat at food at uh, food one Flower and Garden, and then we were going to Hollywood Studios. So she was going to see Fantasmic for the first time ever. Um, okay. So I wanted to make sure we got there for our Fantasmic Fast Pass. And I, by the way, I got to tell you, we had the Fast Pass. We got there like right at six twenty when they let you in. We were still crammed all the way in the corner because most of the what what is normally the Fast Pass seating. Was, in the corners. Was, no, but now it's like dinner dinner package seating. The last time I had a fast pass for Fantasmic, I sat um I sat kind of in the center. Yeah, I think I heard that like the fast passes are on the ends. I yeah, thought. we had to sit in the Hades section, which I was not happy about. It's the second to the last one. Anyway, did they ha- did they have pre-show entertainment? Just the typical like music that they do. So not really, no. I remember back in the day, they would experiment with different things. They had like a comedy duo out there. Oh, yeah. No, they don't do any of that anymore. <laughs> now it, now it's just pop music. Pop music and people inevitably doing the wave. Right. Uh, so Disney uh, Parks has come to Google Maps Street View. I'm sure you checked this out. I did. Looks cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a, I'm a big fan of this because not just for the cool, like, hey, like, you know, you can you can look at the streets of the parks whenever you want feel like you're there or whatever i think with like a v like one of those vr helmets that you could put your cell phone in would be really cool but, oh yeah um 
but I what I was mostly thinking was that people that are trying to plan their trip can actually plot out their route through this. Um, that might be a little obsessive, but you're right; it could be done. You know that, like, like if I were still up in Jersey, I'd be doing that. Yeah, of course you would. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on to Disney Springs news. Special shopping events are currently available for pass holders. Annual pass holders get exclusive pre-opening times in the world of Disney um, for these events, and there will be more um, stores being added in the future. You get to preview new offerings, hear guest speakers, and more. So these events are going to be the second Saturday of each month. They are limited space, first come, first serve, and they send you an email invitation to be able to go. The Springs is also uh, uh, spelunking in late-night entertainment offerings throughout the month of March. They're doing a test there to see if it's something people are interested in. From Thursday to Sunday at the landing, all of the all of the restaurants and bars will be open until 1.30 a.m. There will also be a DJ on the stage by the Boathouse uh, starting at 10 p.m. So the, and on these days, Disney Springs, which usually closes at midnight, will now be closing at 2 a.m. The Edison, Enzo's Hideaway, Morimoto Asia, STK Orlando, Raglan Road, and Paradiso 37 are offering entertainment starting from 10 p.m., and Pizza Point, Vivoli Il Gelato, Joffrey's Coffee, and Deluxe Burger will also be open late as quick service locations. A special burger menu will be available at Deluxe, including a donut burger. I, I kind of don't want a donut burger. Yeah, yeah I, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> I mean, nobody, nobody's like making me get a donut burger, but I'm just like, like the fact that it's there and I feel like I should want it, I don't want it. I feel like you should try it for the show. I feel like I shouldn't because, like, I don't want, like, like I'm thinking of it, like, being, like, what if it's glazed? or Like, I don't know. It just seems like a savory, sweet duo that I wouldn't like. Yeah, and I like savory and sweet, but the, I agree. That doesn't sound great to me. I went to Enzo's Hideaway the other day. And? Um, fantastic. It's really oh, well, good. really well themed. It's a, it's a speakeasy. So the entrance is like a tunnel. and you That's pretty cool. Yeah, and, like, you go down in this tunnel. It's like a Rum Runner's tunnel that they converted into a bar. And I kept offer, I kept ordering these like scotch based uh, beverages, right? And um, thinking that they were gonna be like you know like your typical like smoking jacket and like sitting in a in a large backed you know leather chair kind of drinks, and they were all like super flowery <laughs> and in like martini glasses. <laughs> they actually had flowers in them. I was like, oh, all right. Uh, Why did you just ask which one of these is going to make me look cool? Yeah, like I, I don't care if I like the drink or not. I just need to look really cool holding it. Right. Instead, I was I was John Dorian from Scrubs. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, like I we were we were drinking in Epcot actually the other night, and I came to a realization because I don't really drink in Disney very often because it's expensive. Right. Uh, but so we're walking around Epcot, and we've had a couple drinks at this point, and I'm looking. Uh, so the Mexico. I'm, when you get to the Mexico Pavilion, I always say to myself, what possessed that dude to try to climb the front of that pyramid? And I don't know. Like, I think like, I was just like, who would think they could do that? But then like, I had a couple drinks with me and I had a little buzz going and I was looking and I was like, I could climb that. <laughs> like, I mean, it looks like it should be climbable. Right. You know? Yeah. No. So I, I'm starting to understand where that came from. Uh, resort news. Ready for the resort news? Yes. So the pool and snack bar are closed for will be closing for refurbishment at Disney's Old Key West Resort. So if you're staying at Old Key West between April 21st and June 22nd, just know that the Turtle Pond Pool, the Turtle Shack Snack Bar, and the Flying Fish Game Room will be closed for refurbishment. That's a lot of stuff that's closed. Yeah. Um, so Disney is doing away with all kids clubs at the resorts. So the kids clubs, you know, like Lilo's Playroom and stuff like that, they are the thing, the place where essentially you can leave your kids to do some fun activities while the adults can go off and have a good time on their own. Those are all being closed, and Disney is beta testing a new offering at Disney's Contemporary Resort in April. So starting April 13th, um, a new experience will be a Pixar character experience. This pilot hmm. program will feature characters from Toy Story and The Incredibles that party with your kids. Interesting. Yeah. Every. So do, you think, do you think a lot of people do that? I think more people than, than you think do it actually do it. I mean, you're probably right. You've I just never don't done know. it, I assume, right? No, and I don't know anyone that's ever done it. I'm uh, My friend uh, Jason from the Disney Dads podcast, he swears by Lilo's Playhouse. Really? Yeah. 
I mean, and the funny thing is, like, it's not like he's dropping his kids off and they're just like, come back. No, like, it's not right. that at all. Like, he said his kids, like, ask, like, when are we going to leave those playoffs? Because, oh, sure like, it's so much fun. And also, it's like, you know, you're away from your, your bogus parents and, you know, like, you have a tubular time and you know, these 90s uh, 90s kid slang references landing I'm for sure you. That's how they still talk. I'm <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm sure. Right. So this is for children ages 4 to 12 every single night from 6 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. Uh, it starts off with Space Ranger training, but it doesn't say that Buzz is there. It just says you have Space Ranger training. Then Woody and Jesse show up to do Woody's Roundup. Then the Piston Cup Challenge happens where children can create their own race car and race it on the Radiator Springs racetrack. And then an Incredibles dance party with Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl. The price for this is $65 per child. No water park news this week, other than the fact that they've been closing them down uh, for low temperatures, and Typhoon Lagoon is currently closed for refurbishment, and the wave pool has been drained, which is a pretty cool picture if you can see it online. Magic Kingdom news brought to us by Beyond the Wisdom of Walt by Jeff Barnes, uh, the new book where you can see Walt Disney's dream of creating uh, Walt Disney World and apply those lessons to your daily life. Check it out over at thewisdomofwalt.com. Um the Citrus Swirl, as you know, my favorite ice cream treat in the Magic Kingdom, uh, far right. surpassing the Dole Whip for me. I'm not a whipper. I'm a swirler. Um, I agree with you. Citrus Swirl's gone, my friend. What? Not gone in the sense of, like, like the Orange Bird's still there, Sunshine Tree Terrace is still there, but the Citrus Swirl has been changed to an extreme amount. Whereas one time this was orange slush mixed with vanilla ice cream, it is now orange ice cream mixed with vanilla ice cream. And it is no longer called the Citrus Swirl. It is now called the Orange Swirl. Um, I'm okay with that. You're okay with this? Okay. Yes. At the end of the day, I personally love the Citrus Swirl. My buddy my buddy Zach Adams, who's been on the show to talk about the Orange Bird before, obviously this is the worst day of his life. But the I can see people find who find it a little acidic. Um, okay. The the citrus, like it can be a little acidic. I mean you need to when next time you're here though you need to try that uh that now I guess orange swirl float. Yeah, I'm upset. I didn't do that last time. I'm really just upset because of that. like location. I didn't feel like walking over there. Yeah, um, totally understandable. All right, Epcot news. The dates are set for the 2018 International Food and Wine Festival. Uh, yep, starting January first and ending on December thirty first. Uh, no, um, they it oh. is they have they've kept it the same amount of days this year. It is seventy five days this year. Wow, seventy five days. Seventy five okay. days. Yep, I remember when this was just the month of of October, pretty much. Remember, like it started like late September yeah. and it ran to like the end of October. Uh, but now, or like early November, now Food and Wine Festival will begin August thirtieth and run until November twelfth. Okay. Okay. During those dates, stay away from Epcot on the weekend. Yeah, that's a great tip. I always tell people to plan during food and wine, definitely plan your food and wine days around um, weekdays during the workday because a lot of locals funnel into Epcot every single day to partake in food and wine. Yeah, you're right. Yep. The Epcot Odyssey building has officially been declared flex space. Now, what is the Epcot Odyssey building, Pete? It's that giant building. It's that giant building over by the Mexico Pavilion uh, that oftentimes hosts like the craft beer during food and wine during the holidays around the world. And it was actually a cookies and milk location. It's the location that you often walk by and you're like, what's this? Yeah, you're like, that's a pretty large building. Originally, it was a restaurant uh, that closed pretty early in Epcot's development. Uh, but now it's been officially declared flex space for festivals. A minor refurbishment is currently underway. They're not doing anything with their flower and garden, but they are they are taking the um, the tinted glass windows out and making them uh, just regular transparent glass. Okay. Yeah. I will say that those tinted windows did make it look like just wacky, abandoned. Yeah. Like you know, you didn't know what it was. At least now with transparent glass, you can actually look in and be like, "Wow, there's cool things going in there. People are eating big Christmas cookies. I'm gonna go in there and, and partake." Unless there's nothing in there again, you're like, "Oh well, look, it is abandoned." Yeah. No, sometimes it's abandoned. Most of the summer, it's abandoned. Uh, so Epcot is currently underway with the removal of the Siemens sponsorship uh, over at Spaceship Earth, ending a 12-year partnership. They're taking down all the signs that have the Siemens wow. logo on it. Is it does it have a new sponsor? Not yet. I just went on Spaceship Earth the other day and nothing yet. Hmm. 
Now, if it gets a new sponsor, do you think they like do a full refurb and like we we see the end of Dame Judy Dench? <gasps> I hope not. I've grown to really like her. I thought you didn't like Dame Judy Dench in Spaceship. I know, but like, but now like I've I've I'm like on board with her, and like it's not like they're going to put Jeremy Irons back. Like they would get somebody new. Okay, so I mean, I think we've discussed this before, but like, who would your ideal person be? I mean, how could they? Oh man. That's I, I, a great question. You need somebody with just a great voice. Like, I mean, but I feel like Morgan Freeman would be like too. He has to be it. But I feel like I feel like he's he's too cliche at this point. I mean, this is a theme park ride. Doesn't cliche work? Do you remember how easy it was to learn your ABCs? <laughs> Thank the Phoenicians. They invented I, them. They would have to keep that line in there. They, they the Phoenicians have become like such a huge thing. Like, because there's merch, there's Phoenicians merchandise now. Yeah. Um, imagine like Samuel L. Jackson. In the beginning, we were hunting big elephants. That would never happen. That would probably never happen. Cause yeah, <laughs> or if they just bleep all the all the obscenities. <laughs> that monk is sleeping. <laughs> oh man! I don't know who else could you get. James Earl Jones. Oh yes, totally James Earl Jones. Because then you would have had, then you have Mufasa taking and over Sim- for Scar. And, uh, for Scar. Scar, yeah, that would be awesome. But you know, or you know, Darth Vader doing it, right? <sighs> it would be like somebody ridiculous. Like, <laughs> could you imagine? Like they get like, um, um, like like uh, I don't know, Doofenshmirtz to do it. They can't do that. They they have to roll with uh, with Dame Judi Dench for a while. I I'm a big fan of Dame Judi Dench taking me through the world. Yeah, I'll be bummed out when they uh, when too. they get rid of her. And it, it will happen eventually because, as we know, I it know is it always an evolving thing. Uh, we got some Disney's Animal Kingdom news. Um, all right, so in our weekly baby hippo update, baby Augustus is still alive. He is still fat, and he is still cute. Those are that is your that is your baby hippo update of the week. (laughs) Moving along, uh, there's going to be a new tour being offered at Animal Kingdom. The 20th anniversary A Path Less Travel Tour is now available for booking. This takes place from April 1st to May the 5th. It's $59 per person. It includes a trip to Rafiki's Planet Watch, where you can go backstage at the veterinary clinic and the nutrition center to see where they create they make the food for over 1,500 animals. Um, A bird's nest exploration, where you check the homes of the purple martins, which are a species of bird that migrate to Disney's Animal Kingdom every single year. An elephant encounter, where I guess you take a look backstage at like the elephant enclosure. And a VIP viewing for Rivers of Light. Have you seen this Rivers of Light yet? I have not. I saw it for the first time uh, last month. I mean, I've seen it online. I, I don't have much of an interest of waiting and seeing it. Listen, I thought it was cool. I enjoyed it. Um, I feel like the only time... I, one of my friends who I was with put it best. She said, I think that the only time I'd ever do this again would be if I was with someone who was like, hey, I've never done this before. Right, right, right. I want to do it. Right. Like, I'm not going to just be in Animal Kingdom and be like, you know what I'm going to do tonight? Rivers of Light. And, and when you think of, like, how delayed it got, you're just kind of like, huh. I know. I don't get it either. Yeah. It's not, but you know we're used to these fl- big flashy um, firework shows, which you can't do in Animal Kingdom. It, right. I really, I really did enjoy it, but again, if I may, if if I may have your permission to borrow a, a catchphrase of sorts. It, okay. It was not bad. I don't think I ever need to do it again. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, Hollywood Studios. They recently released a drone flight through Galaxy's Edge over at Disneyland. I watched this. Yeah, Very excited. Though. I'm super excited. It's huge. I've seen some of this stuff before, like in the Walt Disney World version, because um, the way it's set up is Galaxy's Edge is on the edge of the park. And it's, so it's like as you're driving down World Drive, it's like right there on the side of the road. And right. they've actually had to cut down a number of trees and run this like transportation um, bar like across like the top of the thing because i guess they're pulling like dirt or whatever or like putting dirt across the the highway right so as you drive by you have a fairly unobstructed view of galaxy's edge so so it looks massive it looks awesome it looks pretty great i'm excited uh yeah even seeing the buildings you know with scaffolding everywhere you're still like 
what's this gonna be like look how uh-huh. and it's the buildings look huge too. absolutely yeah I, I can't wait i think it's gonna be like the greatest thing ever i do too okay that's the news this week oh, okay we got through a lot of news all right, folks, we are going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to hear from our sponsors and the rest of the White Dragon Podcast Network, and then we'll be back with our e-ticket attraction of the week. So stay tuned, folks. More Two Men in the Mouse coming at you right after this. You know, Pete, it's hard work planning a Disney vacation. Of course. Your whole family has to get going. you got to pack everything up. you got to figure out where you're eating. you got to figure out where you're staying. But you know what makes life so much easier and makes your trip planning a more fun experience? Tell me. That sounds like something I need. Absolutely. You need a travel agent. Do we know one of those? We absolutely do. We know our good friend and sponsor, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men and the Mouse, folks. We've both used him. Yes, we have. Dave Weikert plans our Disney vacations all the time, and we would not recommend him if we didn't use his services ourselves. Dave started his Cranford-based business here in in 2008 and in that time has been planning hundreds of Walt Disney World vacations. Dave plans every trip as if it was his own and you will never find someone more passionate about Disney. Very easy to work with and will do his best to make sure you're satisfied. Working with Dave, you're likely to pay less and get more. And what's better than that, Peter Mandel? Tell me. You never pay a charge for Dave's services. It is 100% free. Dave will plan your entire trip for no additional cost to you. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. Dave has helped over 875 families enjoy their Disney vacations. A graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge, Dave has visited every Disney World resort and has personally stayed at 12 Disney World resorts. He's dined also at every Disney restaurant. He's crazy about Disney food. That is an accomplishment. Absolutely. I wish I could say I did that. That's like the snack challenge times 10. Yep. Dave also gives you Disney dollars for land packages and shipboard credits for any Disney Cruise Line vacations you might be going. Uh, This can be used as cash at any Disney destination or store. Traveling with kids in your party, Dave will also provide you autograph books for all your kids. He gave them to us? Absolutely. Your kids went down with Dave Weicker autograph books. Of course. Well, Disney autograph books supplied by Dave Weicker. Depends had his name on it. Dave simplifies your life by booking your complete vacation, including resort stay, airlines, Disney meal plans, and park passes. Also, checks daily for new discounts. When specials are announced, he immediately checks availability and rebooks your vacation at the lowest possible price. Dave can also book all your Disney dining and will do his best to get hard-to-book reservations like Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest. It's really, truly a no-brainer. Folks, take the stress out of your life. Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men in the Mouse. How do you go from dreaming to doing? Walt Disney never stopped dreaming about the future, and neither should you. Learn how you can use Walt Disney's final dream of Epcot, the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, to see your own dreams come true. In Beyond the Wisdom of Walt, a new book by Jeffrey A. Barnes, you are challenged to transform your life by applying the lessons that Walt Disney, Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and Epcot teach us. In the follow-up to his best-selling book, The Wisdom of Walt, Barnes takes us on a magical journey through the history of Disney in Florida, beginning with Walt's decision to do a sequel to Disneyland. Learn how the parks continue to change and thrive today, and how you can too. Beyond the Wisdom of Walt is a story that teaches us how to create a vision for our dreams, cope with change, leave a lasting legacy, and so much more. Whether you love Disney, Disneyland, or Walt Disney World, or just need a little inspiration and insight that Walt Disney had, you will find a whole new world of magical possibilities for your own life within Beyond the Wisdom of Walt. After reading this book, you'll want to start applying a little of that Disney magic to your life right away. Please, folks, check it out over at the Wisdom of Walt. You can find it also on Amazon.com in Kindle format, hardcover, paperback, or audiobook. Also listen to it on Kindle Unlimited. Hi there, this is Monica Pinto from the Mouse in Our House podcast, inviting you to join me here every other Friday for all things Disney from my perspective. Let's face it, with our fast-paced lives in a crazy world, always running from one place to another, from hectic work days to family responsibilities, from household chores to those never-ending errands, it sometimes seems impossible to survive until your next Disney trip. How to turn that around? Easy, by keeping a little bit of that Disney magic in our everyday lives. So go ahead, sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee and a little something sweet, and let's chat Disney. Join me here on the White Dragon Podcast Network every other Friday where we'll celebrate all the magic, all the fun, all the memories, and even some stuff that's not so magical. But don't worry, a little bit of pixie dust should take care of that. So until then, I hope you remember to keep the mouse in your house.
Hello, I'm Storybook Julius, the White Dragon Podcast Network's resident Canadian and the host of Storybook Radio, a Walt Disney World and Universal Studios podcast appearing every Wednesday here on WDPN. Walt Disney was a storyteller, and well, so am I. Now, I'm not saying that I'm as cool as Walt Disney or anything, but I'm saying that if you're looking for a unique take on the Walt Disney World and Universal Studios theme parks, with immersive looks at their stories, backstories, and histories, you've come to the right place. Head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Podomatic to subscribe to and download the Storybook Radio podcast each and every Wednesday. You can also check out www.storybookradio.com for more details and more content. Are you ready for a dad's take on Disney? Well, look no further than the Disney Dads Podcast. We dive into so many... Hold up, hold up, Justin. It's not just for Disney dads. We can look at Disney from every perspective and all are welcome. We take a dive into Disney history, Disney attractions, Disney movies, and so much more. You're exactly right, Jason. And everyone can find us at www.disneydadspodcast.com. On the website, you can find all of our social media. You can also find our SoundCloud channel where you can leave your browser open and listen to hours of Disney park sounds and Disney music. Also, we'd love for you to give us a call. Our phone number is 317-WDW-DADS. That's 317-939-3237. Leave us a message. Tell us a little bit about your Disney passions, and we can't wait to get to know you a little bit better. Justin, hold up. Don't forget they can send us a text at the exact same number. Yeah, definitely. Get a hold of us. Send us a text message. You got something on your mind about Disney? We can't wait to hear about it. From the Disney Dads, we hope you have a magical day, an incredible week, and always keep it Disney. Folks, Walt Disney World is the dream of one man, Walter Elias Disney, who never lived to see the opening of his greatest dream. Still, the examples and dreams of Walt Disney remain prevalent in the whole of Walt Disney World to this day, with attractions and experiences to be found in every single park that represent the man who created it all. So, this week, for our e-ticket attraction of the week, Pete and I are counting down the top representations of Walt Disney's dream in modern-day Walt Disney World. And the e-ticket attraction this week is brought to you by the Disney Dads Podcast. Uh, make sure to go take a listen to them over there on iTunes. The Disney Dads Podcast is a great family-friendly uh, look at Walt Disney World through the eyes of three dads who love Disney. Okay, Pete, so we have to thank our friends around the world because they um, suggested this one. Uh, when we were doing a um, top ten poll, when I asked people to like give us, you know, what they wanted to hear, and it's one a great of, topic. It's a fantastic topic. Uh, so yeah, one of the ones re- um, that was suggested was the top ten um, representations of Wall Street. We're not limiting it to ten. We're not doing. We're not ranking them. We're just kind of. It's going to be one of those park by park kind of things. Right. Okay, so I guess we need to start in Animal Kingdom because it's where there's the least amount of stuff going on. Before we do that, I mean, you're a big Walt guy, Pete. I love Walt. So, I mean, do you, like, specifically look for Walt-related stuff when you're in the parks? I mean, I do. Uh, You know, probably more so than my family who, Mm -hmm. you know, likes Walt, I guess. But, like, you know, they're kind of just there more for the, you know, theme park experience, whereas I... Ethan hasn't embraced the whole waltiness. He has in recent years, especially in Disneyland, to be honest with you, because I think he really looks at that as like Walt stuff, you know? Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I I, listen to anything. Walt. I'm on board for it. Um, So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Walt stuff is such a like it always gives me chills whenever there's something Walt related, like at the end of Celebrate the Magic, back when that was a thing, when they would have Walt appear on the castle like that. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So um, let's start with Animal Kingdom. And really, the only real thing in Animal Kingdom that is representation of Walt is animals. Um, I mean, you want to take this one? I mean, it, Walt definitely wanted live animals involved in, at the time, Disneyland and then yes. Disney World. I mean, he wanted real animals on the Jungle Cruise, which probably doesn't sound like the safest of ideas. It would be terrible. But even having, like, mule rides and things like that at, at mm-hmm. Disneyland. So, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Animal Kingdom probably doesn't have that much representation of Walt, per se. But in a sense, the entire park is something that Walt would have loved. Yes. The fact that it's not a zoo and is a theme park and it has that much, 
you know, animal representation going on for families to experience. It's it's very much Walt in a way. Actually, one part of Animal Kingdom that I think Walt would have enjoyed the most is um, Rafiki's Planet Watch, the petting zoo, because Walt, growing up on the farms of Marceline, one of the ways he used he actually honed his craft as an animator and an artist was he would draw barnyard animals. Yep. He would sit and like just watch the animals and, and like draw them. His first ever commissioned um, drawing was of a local farmer in Marceline. It was from of one of his uh, prized stallions. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, that's why things like I mean, very famously Bambi, they brought like mm-hmm. deer into the studio. I was and... just gonna say that. Yeah, like he brought live animals into the studio so the animators can get a sense of how they move. Well, you know, in Disneyland, I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited because when I took my son for the first time, they still had the petting zoo, oh, which nice. seems so cheesy. Like to my wife, I think she was like, come on, let's go. And but like my kids loved it. And I'm like, eh. yeah, I'm a little bummed out. They've actually removed it because of Star Wars land. So it's not there anymore. But up until, you know, two years ago, there was still a petting zoo there forever. What kind of animals do they have? They had like little like, um, I guess they're goats, like little ones. Huh. And they had horse. I don't remember what else they had. You think, you think and, now that it's closed, they're serving them up in the Blue Bayou? No. Actually, you know, it's funny. Disney Parks blog does a wonderful follow-up all the time on the horses and, like, where they went. They're all still together. I believe there were five of them. Um, more importantly, they had a wonderful, like, little hand-washing station there because nobody wants to, like, pet animals. And uh-huh. then back to the park. Let's eat some food. Like, so They have it at, they have, yeah. They have it at Rafiki's Planet Watch to the little hand wash station. Right, you have to. That's a must. Yeah, um, the <laughs> just picturing like <laughs> what happened to the animals. You see, every you see like all the richy rich people at Club Thirty Three being served horse steaks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the um, but yeah, the so um, the petting zoo over at Rafiki's Planet Watch. I think a lot of people don't know that it's there. They have things like cows and goats. And so when I went there, I brought my friend Susan there one time and she had recently or not recently. She was recovering from a broken hip. And so she was walking with a cane. And so we walked into the um, enclosure for the goats and the cast member turns to my friend and goes, oh, you're going to be popular today. And we we're like, what? And she was just like, yeah, just uh, just wait. And then we walked in. The goats saw her cane and went nuts like they ran up to her because they all wanted to scratch their heads on the cane huh and so like that's so cool everywhere she went she was flocked by like five goats until like this one little girl like five years old just looks up at her and just goes i'm just gonna follow you and pet the goats that come to you oh that's great (laughs) it was so great so folks if if you go to the petting zoo and you really want to like you know experience some like goat affection then you know um bring a cane or a walking stick. You know, buy one of those buy one of those walking sticks in Animal Kingdom, one of the carved ones that are way too expensive, but I really want. Uh, you can buy those in Epcot, too, the little Africa area in World Showcase. My son is enamored with walking sticks. I don't know why. He's and cool. Eventually, I eventually just gave in and let him buy them. Like, So we go to places, he's like, oh, walking stick, I'm going to get one. I think it's because he loves, like, Gandalf, and, like, they yeah. all carry staffs and stuff. That's why so I have like, it. Yeah, he loves it. That's why I used to covet the uh, the staff of Saruman that you had there in the shop. Do you still have that? Which is now hanging in Ethan's room. Is it really? Yeah. It's, it's a good thing that I never bought it. He has that one. He, I have a Gandalf the White one that's in his room. And then he bought the uh, Gandalf the Gray, like the actual like kind of like stick-looking one. Yeah, the wood one, yeah. Yeah, he has that one. He bought that one. That's hanging in his room, too. That's he's super got, cool. He's into the walking stick. That's super cool. You know, I had also put down Flight of Passage and uh, Navi River Journey on here because, and yes, I know Walt has nothing to do with Avatar. It's one of the last things that Walt would have ever been a part of. But it's the advancement of technology. It's the Yeah, I mean, that could probably be said on the whole for Disney World, but yeah. you're right. I mean, you know, having like the leading ride in, in that, you know, in that market like him you know this is the best ride in any theme park i think walt would love the constant progress in technology yes and then the river journey also because of the advancements in audio animatronics it's come a long way since that bird yeah you know walt disney walt disney famously was at a um some kind of convention and he saw this animatronic bird uh in a cage and he was so enamored with it that he bought it brought it back to his imagineers and was like make this but like lots of it and bigger and right. that's how audio animatronics came to be. 
uh, from this one little bird, which they still have that bird in the archives over in uh, oh, that's California. Cool. Yeah, I heard that. Like when you take the tour, they show you the bird and they actually turn the bird on. It still works. Wow. Yeah. Uh, over at Hollywood Studios, I think the one thing that screams Walt Disney more than anything else at Hollywood Studios has got to be Walt Disney One Man's Dream, which has now been renamed Walt Disney Presents. Um, I mean, this is the most Walty thing you'll find in any of the parks because it is the Definitely. only attraction based on Walt Disney. Yep. Do you like? Do you still to this day like take your time through there? Like with Ethan beginning to like Walt, do you like take him through and like explain things and read things with him for it? Yeah, we've all take we've gone through it so many times. I mean, I wish they would add more stuff if they could, but um, I I do get bummed out that I don't get to see the video at the end. It's there sometimes when they're not like yeah, they're usually previewing something. Yeah, usually it's the preview of whatever movie is going on right now. With the amount of movies that Disney has on the slate for this year, I Mm -hmm. can't imagine you're going to see that wall video this year. Probably not. Uh, Yeah, gosh, I don't even know what it is right now. Uh, When it's, I will go when it's the Infinity War preview because you know, gotta see that. But yeah, and right now in one in Walt Disney Presents, that's where they also have the Star Lord and the Baby Groot meet and greet. Yeah. Or what we call it, the baby group meet and greet with that guy. Yeah, featuring that dude with the facial hair. The, right. Um, I'm really glad they kept a lot of like the museum and timeline stuff for Walt in that attraction currently, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd be a little sad if that ever like really went away. I mean, they got rid of some stuff. They got rid of like his like his office. Yep. But didn't they get rid of his office because they put it back? Yeah, they put it back in California. In California. Yeah. Um. So the other thing I had down here is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which is coming soon, replacing the Great Movie Ride. Uh, I had that because I think that Walt would have loved that there's a Mickey Mouse attraction. Because Walt, he would always famously say it all started with a mouse. So I right. think that having the first real full-length Mickey ride would be something that Walt would enjoy. Yeah, I mean... I mean that being said, well, yeah, that being said, he never actually made one. But... <laughs> It's true. Yeah, I mean, everything that was in Disneyland that was, you know, Walt's hands all over it. He didn't make a Mickey themed ride at all, but yeah. still think he would enjoy it. I, I think Hollywood Studios used to have a lot of Walt like stuff and then they just kind of like took it all away. As the park evolved. Yeah, I, I just good. I think the park needed to evolve. It did, but I have to hand it to Michael Eisner because he really made a park that kind of screamed Walt in the, in the, when they first unveiled MGM Studios because Walt is very old Hollywood. Right, right. And, you know, having it be a working animation studio, which is, you know, what the Disney company always was, having it having the animation courtyard where you can learn all this cool stuff about animation, um, even the, um, the Hall of Fame with the busts of, of Walt and all of the celebrities. You know, it's weird. Like, I, I miss that kind of thing. At the same time, I don't know how much time you're really spending there. It was always just kind of like, a, oh, hey, cool. That's the thing that's there. Um, right. I mean, I, I get that, like, you know, every square foot of, you know, theme park property right. needs to be used efficiently. I mean, I also think that the Great Movie Ride was a very Walt-esque ride because, you know, it's, it's that old Hollywood feel. And it had Mary Poppins in it. It had um, Fantasia in it, which are both, you know, some of Walt's best creations. Yeah, I'm definitely not ready to talk about that yet. <laughs> still cutting still, you a little still, still broken up. All right, so let's head over to Epcot. Epcot has got to be a huge Walt-inspired park because Epcot was one of the dreams that Walt had, the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. And the theme park, while maybe not exactly what Walt had in mind, screams a lot of Walt's um, beliefs on the future, on tomorrow, things like that. I mean, that's what he was all about for a, for a long time there. Mm-hmm. Do you think Walt would have ever been, like, satisfied? Do you think he would have just been, like, do you think he would have ever been like, it's tomorrow, like, tomorrow's today, and, and we're not <laughs> looking forward anymore. We're gonna no. just, I'm just going to live in the moment and enjoy right now. No, although I do think he enjoyed right now. You yes. know what I mean? I, I think he was that guy. I, I definitely don't think he would have ever been, you know, satisfied. I, I think that Walt would have really appreciated the edutainment aspect of Epcot. When you look at things like the land, when you look at things like um, the seas or mission space, um, you know, they're all about like, you know, how things work and giving you that real hands-on experience um, those are those are things that I think he would have enjoyed, but I think um, Spaceship Earth 
screams Walt Disney. Yeah. I think the fact that they take such a, uh, you know, learning type ride and put it in such a fun fashion and kids want to go on it mm-hmm. is everything that Walt could possibly want in a theme park ride. I mean, not only that, but you also have the fact that it's all about progress. It's all about advancement. It's true. And, and, You're right. and it's stuffed to the brim with audio animatronics. I mean, it is the. That's per- also true. It is. It's, it's a ride that I think Walt would have envisioned. Um, moving on, I journey into imagination with figment again, the one little spark, um, concept is definitely a huge Walt Disney. Idea. Oh yeah, totally. The, you know, one little spark of inspiration is at the heart of all creation. That, that entire quote screams Walt Disney. It's very great, big, beautiful tomorrow. You know, it's, it, it falls in line with a lot of what he talked about. And I think he would have loved right. figment. Now, do you think if Walt, you know, saw Epcot the way it ended up being, as opposed to this, you know, actual Epcot mm-hmm. that he wanted, do you think he would have been upset? I don't know. I mean, I think his dream of Epcot was probably a little unrealistic. Yes, I do, too. You know, and you might even be able to make the case like... um unnecessary in the sense that like everything's about connecting now you yes, know yeah. like all over the world and then that's kind of what spaceship earth is about actually whereas he wanted this self-contained community right you know i mean yeah those don't really exist anymore right right i mean today with technology and you know you you don't need any of that do you remember the old spaceship earth where you'd see like the kids talking on their video phones to their friends in china yeah and it's so funny, like that. That's not there anymore because that stuff is like real. Like yeah. <laughs> it's just a part of our day-to-day activities. Exactly, exactly. Um, the concept of World Showcase, I think, is a very Walt concept because, you know, with with Small World, he made, you know, he was trying to showcase that we are all one world, one community, um, and World Showcase is a small world that surrounds that lagoon. You're right. I mean, plus even the fact that, um, you know, these countries were really put together by the countries themselves. And, yes. you know, the U.S. used Walt as an ambassador, like literally, uh-huh. you know, and, and so here is like, you know, these nations kind of taking part in, you know, Walt Disney World. I mean, how could he not, you know, love that? Yeah. And, you know, Illuminations Reflections of Earth also has a very like like it's a small world after all kind of feel to it. Right, you know, minus the song. Yeah, we're all we're all one community of you know planet Earth. Okay, so uh, and the just the overall as we said the overall concept of Epcot was a Walt Disney innovation. Uh, Magic Kingdom is, I think, where this topic really kind of lives because Magic Kingdom has the obviously the most Walt Disney work, Walt Disney influence in it. Right. Um. So the first thing I think of with Walt is the train. Yeah, I mean, the train had to be his favorite thing. Yeah, uh, he had a dude in a train in his backyard. Yep. So the the trains are definitely a huge Walt thing, and I'm really glad that um, with the arrival of the Tron coaster, the train isn't going anywhere. I don't think you could ever get rid of that train. You can't. I was real. I was honestly really worried about it. Really, that they were going to get rid of it? Yeah, yeah. I think the monorail and the boats, though, are also very Walt. He loved the monorail, as you said. Right, well, it's the you know train of the future. How could yes, he not like that? Of course, it's like all things that he loves. Um, now, certain attractions obviously scream Walt Disney. Small World being the first one that comes to mind. Right, um, that was kind of his baby. Um, Peter Pan's Flight is another classic Disneyland attraction that was brought to Walt Disney World. The Haunted Mansion. Walt had a vision for the Haunted Mansion. You know, he wanted a quote spook house. Yeah, he got it. He did. He got it. And that's in every Disney park all over the world. So yep. um, the overall story of the Magic Kingdom is also very Walt Disney. Uh, the overall story of the Magic Kingdom being the establishing of America. You have Main Street USA as kind of your like, here's here's where we finish. Like we're we're starting at the finish line, like showing you a small town in America. Then we go into Fantasyland, which is old world Europe. And then we cross into Liberty Square, which is the crossing of the Atlantic to settle the new world. And then Adventureland and Frontierland are all about, you know, expansion and exploration. And then you end up in Tomorrowland, which is tomorrow, the future. So the story of the Magic Kingdom, I think, was kind of central to Walt's overall vision. Um, 
touching on a few things in there, Liberty Square. Walt wanted a Liberty Square badly in Disneyland. Almost got one, too. What happened? Um, it didn't happen. No, didn't yeah. make it. Didn't make the final cut. But we do have a Liberty Square, obviously, in the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World, and it is awesome, and it's my favorite part of the Magic Kingdom. Also, you, do love, you do love that. Um, they've actually, I recently went to the revamped uh, Hall of Presidents, um, and they have a lot of Walt stuff in there now. I like that because you know that that's something he would have loved. Yeah, I mean, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln was one of his things where he had the animatronic Abraham Lincoln, which is, yep. I would say the Abe Lincoln is the focal point of the Hall of Presidents now. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah, it's got a very, you know, I mean, kind of the same way it was in the last one where he gives the Gettysburg Address and, you know, like he's alone on right. the stage at one point. Yeah, it's a big moment. It's, right. a, it's a huge, big, powerful moment, and I think Walt would have really appreciated it. But, yeah, they've added a lot of, like, in that in that room where they have the seal of the president of the United States um, and they have all like the presidential memorabilia. There's a lot of Walt stuff in there as well. And they've added a lot of Walt Disney into the movie before the presidents as well. Just kind of being like, Hey, Walt loved this. You should love this too. Um, So uh, Cinderella castle, I also think is, is very Walt. Walt built sleeping beauty castle. And as you know, Walt never wanted to follow pigs with pigs. That was like his his quote when they asked him if they were gonna he was gonna make a sequel to Three Little Pigs. So if, right. if they're gonna make another castle, they're gonna make it bigger, they're gonna make it better, they're gonna make it even more impressive than the first one, and that's progress, and that's Walt Disney. Well, I think some of that too is that you know he made Sleeping Beauty Castle in Disneyland very specifically so that you could not see it from other lands right he wanted that real feel when you were in you know tomorrowland and then when they built the matterhorn because he he wanted a matterhorn in the park and they were like well if we if we do this you're gonna see it from over there but at that point he wanted it so badly he was like that's cool let's just do it i don't care so i think he you know kind of almost would reverse his thinking on that cinderella castle and the fact that you can and i mean that thing's pretty majestic you know as charming as sleeping beauty castle is the cinderella castle is just this giant like you know awe-inspiring moment when you're in the park yes. and you can see it from everywhere and it's a cool thing you yeah, know i, I love think it. you would love that yeah i love that you could see it from every every single yeah land. me too it's great it's just a constant reminder of where you are and it always gives you no matter where you are it gives you that disney feeling I got to tell you, I can remember exactly where I was when that D23 announcement for New Fantasyland came out. And some of you remember that map leaked out ahead of time. And, you know, all these things came out of it. And I can remember thinking, you know, like I trust Disney in in that kind of stuff. But like my fear was this is just going to end up being more restaurants and shops. But I got to tell you, one of my favorite things about New Fantasyland, which I absolutely love, is I like how they did, like, the castle expansion, how they have, like, those little parts that make it look like the castle's even, like, bigger and you're involved in where it is, you know? I think that's one of the the unsung New Fantasyland things that they really upgraded. Totally, and they added them into – when they did the hub expansion as well, when they added the hub grass and everything like that, they added those – they added those castle um, ramparts. I'm saying it's all kind of part of the castle. I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great too. It really kind of makes Fantasyland feel like a kingdom, like a uniform kingdom. Yep. I really enjoy that. Um, <clears throat> the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover is a very Walt ride, I think. And for no other reason, I mean, for <clears throat> the main reason being that you see the original experimental prototype community of Tomorrow in it. That's true. Um. And it's really great that they're able to kind of like talk about it a little bit. And I do miss the, I, I miss the old, like now approaching Walt Disney's yeah. carousel of progress. Like now, now they got that guy. He's like, welcome to Tomorrowland. And I'm just kind of like, you're too happy. I want my, I want my voices more monotone and robotic. <laughs> the other guy was like a robot. It was awesome. The people mover is the perfect place for people watching. So get your creep on ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> The Carousel of Progress, I think, is the number one Walt-related thing in any Yeah, park. they pretty much tell you that, right? Like Walt your host Disney's, on the inside? Yeah, Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, super Walt thing. Do you think if, do you think Walt would still want that going? <sighs> See, I got to be honest with you. I, I kind of 
subscribe to the thinking that Walt wouldn't even want, like we want it for the nostalgia factor. Right. Well, he, Walt, Walt wasn't all about the nostalgia. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think, I think if Walt walked into Carousel Progress today, he would be like, let's scrap this and put something else. Here. I, I feel like Walt would kind of have like a, and you're not going to understand this reference, but like some people out there, like, like my friend Jeff Cheney is going to like nod along with this. Walt kind of, I feel like Walt and Vince McMahon, I think are kind of similar in this aspect where it's just like, we respect the things that we've done in the past but we can't rely on those things for the future. Like Vince McMahon changed the model of professional wrestling. It, it wasn't professional wrestling anymore. It was sports entertainment. And we're going right. to tell people that it's staged. Um, and so, you know, they go out there and they, um, you know, they, they change the way it's all done. Now they embrace social media in a way that's almost overboard. And by almost, I mean completely overboard. Uh, <laughs> before, seriously, before every match, they're like, and here's our hashtag, and you should go on Twitter, and you should go on Facebook, and, and just like, you know, your head wants to explode. Um, but I think Walt kind of would have been the same way. I feel like he would have just been like out with the old and in with the new. Um, I feel like maybe he, because it is the Carousel of Progress and it was so beloved, I think maybe he would have just kept updating it. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Maybe he puts a new, you know, tomorrow room on it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is painfully outdated now. But but that's what we like about it. Yeah. I mean, that is something you're that I do enjoy. You're not going to see Carousel Progress because you're like, oh, I want to see what, you know, tomorrow's going to bring. <laughs> I just, I wish the animators, because they, they put in like the, the modern day, like flat screen television in the final scene now. Mm-hmm. I yep. really wish animators would like create a new like video game kind of thing to go in there something right. that looks like it could exist today like not not the like space invaders kind of thing that they've got right. <laughs> uh, but yeah i mean carousel of progress it's the one it other than um walt disney presents it's the only other thing attraction that has walt's name on it i mean you know the park, right. park does itself the whole resort area itself does but um okay so the oh the tiki birds they'll never get rid of those tiki birds I hope not. Um, you know, the footprint isn't really huge for that building. So, no. I mean, it's not like something that I feel like at risk of being torn down. And even if you think about like where it is in the park, you know, it's not even like on the perimeter where like they could expand it. So I'm hoping that's kind of there forever. You don't think it'll be like uh, we're doing a Moana meet and greet in the Tiki Birds now? Ugh. I mean, they, they tried to keep those Tiki Birds relevant. Um by you know adding Iago and Zazu in there. By the way, unpopular opinion over here. I loved the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management. I never saw it. Um, loved it. I like the song. Yeah, I like the the friend like me. I wish they would have let the Tiki 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 Room go a little bit longer than they did. Yeah. Um, now they they changed that when they had the fire, right? Well, yeah, like legitimately caught on fire. Right, and that's when they went back to the classic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I, the Iago and Zazu were a little too big. Oh, huh. I didn't I, know that. Yeah. Like they, I thought that they were just like, they were like enormous. They, they looked like compared to like Fritz and, and all the other birds, like right. they looked like the Hulk. Like how big, like, give me a, like, do you think they were four feet? No, not that big, but like, you know, like the, the tiki birds are the size of actual birds. Right. And Yago and Zazu were probably the size of like a toddler. Huh. So it okay. just it was it was like it was jarring to me that they were that they were so much bigger than the other birds. Right. It like looked like they were like mutant birds. Right. Because <laughs> of all their exposure to Hollywood. Exactly. Um uh, so the Country Bear Jamboree and all animatronic shows scream Walt Disney to me. Because of what we talked about earlier with the animatronics and the bird and whatnot. I, I still can't believe you've not done Country Bear Jamboree. I mean, there have to be other people who have never done Country Bears, right? Not many. Honestly, I really... You're telling like, me everybody's like, I can't wait to get there and do Country Bears. I don't think it's a thing that people are like, I can't wait. But they're like, hey, I've got an extra 20 minutes to kill. Let me go hear some robot bears sing inappropriate songs. Wow, I, I gotta be honest, I never even really had the desire to do it. I honestly think you would just be very entertained by how inappropriate the songs are. Really? Yeah. No, I, maybe next time I go. They're pretty bad. Um, you know, I've also never been on um, the riverboat. Oh, really? And I want to do that. And every time I'm like, I'm going to do that. But then I'm like, eh, when I'm there. The thing not. I like about the riverboat is it shows you a whole area of the park that you didn't know existed before. 
But yeah, I kind of want to see that. Yeah. Now, here's a question for you, and this is off topic, but how often do you go to Tom Sawyer Island? I've done Tom Sawyer Island three times total. Okay. Like like three different trips. Yeah. Okay. I was just I was just curious. Again, I had never done that either. And then I was like, yeah, let me go over there and see. And then, like, you know, Heather's like, awesome. I'm going to sit down. You can, like, run around with the kids. And then I explored the entire thing with the kids. And I'm like, wow, this was a total mistake because I'm, like, exhausted. Mm-hmm. And you're, like, stepping on, like, barrel bridges. And I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I probably shouldn't have done any of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely not something to go to when you're already, like, at that point where every step is a painful excruciating moment right and it's magic kingdom you've done a lot of walking today already of you know course. around so the final thing i wanted to touch on in the magic kingdom that just is walt disney through and through is main street usa right obviously modeled after walt's childhood hometown of marceline missouri where he didn't live for very long however it did have a profound effect on his life um he loved marceline he loved the small town america uh, that's why there's one in Disneyland. There's one in Walt Disney World. Main Street USA is everyone's hometown. It's the gateway to the Magic Kingdom. And I mean, do you? Here's my question: Like, do you think Walt would have made the Magic Kingdom the copy of Disneyland that it is? Because hmm. I'm pretty sure, like he, like that wasn't like he was not involved in even that part of the planning, right? Right. I I think he would have. I think he would have. I mean, you're talking late 60s. You know, he's representing, you know, Disneyland, if you will, on an entirely different coast. I I think it would have been pretty close. If if for no other reason, then I think it would be impossible for them. I mean, think about the time. There's there's one other park in the country, right? Disneyland. Yeah. I, I don't think he ever intended on like, let's open up disney world and have an entirely new park of brand new rides i I think he wanted to um bring some of the things that were in disneyland to disney world so i do think that that is kind of was his goal as as well as have you know new rides there too which Mm -hmm. you know they started obviously building new things yeah but i i know what you're saying would it have maybe been a little different if he had his hands in it um, he was kind of all about promoting like what was now with Disney too. So maybe you would have seen some different things based on like movies and stuff that were coming out at that time. Right. It's possible. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that does it for, uh, for this topic. This was a fun one. I enjoyed this one. Yeah. Never enough Walt. You never enough Walt on the show. Um, I mean, we could do a whole show based on just the, uh, the windows of main street. Oh, absolutely. Know? We totally can. And we are going to have, uh, our friend Jeff Barnes, the author of beyond the wisdom of Walt, uh, in within the next couple of weeks to actually talk about the book. And we'll, we're going to dive a lot more into Walt stuff during that interview. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we're gonna have a good time with that. We love the last time we had him on was great. And we talked about Disneyland stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, very excited to have him on again. Um, well, anything else you want to add this week? Yeah. Can't wait to do it again next no, week. No trip updates. No, uh, you know, let me see a question real fast. Sure. Go for it. What Disneyland Paris. What, I mean, it, you, what do you hear about Disneyland Paris? I hear not very good things. You know, me too. It's so funny. Like, my kids, like, so want to go because they're like, it's another Disney park. This is great. Like, so much so that I'm like, huh, let me just start taking a look at things and, like, crunching numbers and stuff. But when I actually look at the parks, I'm like, I really have no desire to go do this. The only thing that I would really love to do there is they have the they have the Maleficent dragon sleeping under yes. the castle. I know. And though my one friend told me that, like, when they went, they were just like, yeah, like, we went to go do that and it was closed. And I was like, my God, if I got there and that was closed, I'd be like, this was the whole reason I'm here. I thought about that, too, because when I went online the other day and looked at it, they have rides that are currently closed and Phantom Manor was one of them. And I was Uh, like, man, if I went there and Phantom Manor was closed, like, I'd be pretty bummed out. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. It's not that much. I mean... You know, and I've heard that it's one of the, like the big money suckers uh, for the company is that right. it just doesn't do very good business. But I mean, I, on the other hand, I also can't see you and the family going to Shanghai or Hong Kong. No, it's funny. Ethan and I have decided that like when he gets older, like me, because Heather has no interest in any of that. Yeah. So uh, him and I are going to go and do that. I, that's that's going to be our thing. <laughs> gets a little older. Yeah, I mean, I would love to do Shanghai, but like apparently there's like a train that takes you, and this is true in Paris as well. 
a train that takes you like from the airport to the park. Yeah, I mean, supposedly it's not even a crazy long, um, you know, train ride or anything. I, I, that's what I'm saying. It actually seems feasible. Like everything I was, the numbers I was crunching and the times that we can go, I'm like, huh, I could probably make this happen. The problem is I just don't know if it's worth making it happen. Right. I mean, if I were to go to any other Disney park in the world, I don't think it would be Shanghai. I don't even think it would definitely wouldn't be Paris. It would probably be Tokyo. Yeah, I mean, I want to do that also. Yeah, I mean, I would just love to be in a park where Duffy is so celebrated. That's no joke for real. I mean, he's celebrated in the China parks too, but I there's a I have a big love for all things Japan. So yeah, I I just think going to Asia is so much more difficult yes. than going to you know Paris. It that's just such a simple you know I don't want to say simple flight, but it's such a you know you can take a direct flight. I gotta be honest with you, that travel is probably not entirely that different for me than flying to California. You know? Yeah, I get that. So. I don't know. But, yeah, again, you're going someplace you don't know. and Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if there's nothing else, then that's going to do for Two Men in the Mouse this week, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. We love talking Walt. We love having you guys with us. Uh, so Sorry we were gone last week. Uh, occasionally, you know, there will be weeks where the show isn't on, but we are back to action and doing it, you know, as, as often as we can again, trying to do at least three weeks out of every month. So, uh, folks, if you love our good friend Peter Mandel, please check him out in his comic book store. He's just getting his shipment in soon. Uh, check him out at Rogue Comics over there at Cranford, New Jersey at 105 North Union Avenue, Cranford, New Jersey 07016, or go to RogueComics.com where you can find a link to Pete's eBay store. If you are planning a trip to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Adventures by Disney, any Disney resort throughout the known world or Aulani out in Hawaii, please check out our good friend and sponsor Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney or Universal Orlando vacation for you at no additional cost to you. You can always find Dave by sending him an email, DisneyDaveW at Verizon.net, or find him on Facebook at Magical, uh, it's Magical Travel Dave. Um, <clears throat> folks, uh, if you want to hear a great podcast by three dads who love Disney and great family-friendly uh, opportunity, check out our friends over at the Disney Dads Podcast. You can find them on Podbean and on iTunes. Also, um, <clears throat> If you want to apply the dreams of Walt Disney that we were just talking about this entire episode to your daily life, check out our good friend Jeff Barnes's book, Beyond the Wisdom of Walt. You can find that over at thewisdomofwalt.com. You can also get it in paperback, hardcover, um, ebook, or audiobook. So you can even get it at audible.com. So check that out, folks, over at thewisdomofwalt.com. Um, well, that does it for the show this week. Pete, any closing words? Yep, I'll see you next week, Kevin. Please, folks, keep the magic alive every day of your lives. We will see you next week on Two Men and the Mouse. If you're standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the monorail stops completely and the doors open. If this concludes your visit, we hope you've had a wonderful time and will return home safely. Thank you for traveling with us.